welcome to Two Guys and Some Horrors. Tonight, tonight's episode, we drink blood and eat meat with Blood Freak and Slither. Now, we're going to, uh, this episode I want to do things, I like to kind of switch things up. I have been starting with the, uh, the bad movie first, but I feel in this case I kind of want to start with Slither. Uh, mainly because Blood Freak was just so original just never thought that was going to be what I was watching I didn't know you would allow be allowed to watch or make something like that yeah it's uh, it's definitely back you could tell there's there's a huge difference like today you have a company make your movies uh, whereas opposed to you would you would have like one person to kind of handle a majority of everything including the idea what it is you're actually filming the story everything like that and it just shows you how much freedom they've had because you would not be able to make that with any sort of budget today. No, definitely not. Um, but we'll get there. So it but, sounds like you want to start with Slither first. Yes, 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 for sure. Now, uh, for those of you who don't know, Slither, it's it's a, one of James Gunn's earlier horror films. It's, uh, I believe, 2000... Uh, well, we have the screen in front of us. It was 2006. I was going to say like 2004-ish. Good guess. But uh, <laughs> it's... Uh, nobody in this movie is really unlikable until after the fact shit goes down in this small town, which which I really appreciated. The, the One of the main... The main character who... Like, parasite aliens come down similar to like the pod people or Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Faculty. The faculty, yeah, this, yeah, you could argue this is closer to the faculty than... I get a very strong faculty feeling throughout this whole film, um, and I love the faculty. This is now one of my other favorite films that's that sci-fi alien style horror, uh, which is really cool. So, but the premise, like you were saying, uh, Parasite from space comes down, causes an alien plague, you could say, amongst uh, the populace. Right. Um, this is a pretty small town, right? I mean, it's probably only like, what, 10,000 people? Maybe even less than that? Right. Okay. Primarily a farming community, it looked like? I, I would say so. I, w- I would guess. Because right. all those pockets, uh, when they show the map at least, when the sheriff's trying to figure out where he's going to strike next, right? <laughs> it's like farm, farm, farm. Okay, it's going to be this farm. <laughs> um, but anyways, back to, yeah, back to the premise. Right, right, right. So this, uh, this alien thing lands takes over one of the the people there who's just a normal guy who married a very attractive lady what a lucky son of a gun he's like he's in his 40s and he's he's married to someone who's like in her mid-20s and he knows a lot of men on town are very very much sexually attracted to his wife which he's like yeah that's that's my wife stay away type attitude yeah and then you have the main character that well there are two main characters the heroine who is his wife and then the hero, who is the sheriff, who is in love with the Ming, or the that guy's wife. They, just... they seem to have had a fling back in the day, to be right. fair. And it sounds like he passed back in the day, because she was a bit of a adventurous type when they were younger, and he wasn't. He was very by the book. Um, they even joke around and call him a cop before he was a cop, right? She was going to run away, go be a Hollywood star. She wanted him to be the bodyguard, and he said, no, we're not allowed to do that. Right, And right. then called her parents on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, I'm going to go be a star. Yeah, exactly. That was the story they told in the, 
one of the things that kind of established some sort of a relationship, a potential relationship between the two of them. At either way, great, great small town. You get to know a lot of the people in it, and that's really what what this movie is. It's a small town gathering, makes you feel at home, especially when all the shit goes down. People are getting eaten, cows are getting stolen, all of that fun stuff. So. Curtis, I wanna I wanna hear your your what were your initial thoughts when you started watching this film? Like before before the alien shit even happened. Like what, what were you thinking? So I did <clears throat> I did no research. Like I didn't watch right. any trailers, I didn't watch anything just because you had talked a good amount about this movie and how much you enjoy it. Um, so I wanted to do it justice, uh, and avoid any kind of spoiler ish things. Um, right away you get this small town um, feel which I like um, my wife watches a show called Heart of Dixie which is all about a small like uh, redneck-esque type town and, and the story always seems to capture me for some reason I think it's the drama it's the characters and the relationship which this movie by the way Elizabeth Banks if you're listening oh so gorgeous like you made this movie more enjoyable in that first portion when there wasn't a whole lot of action or, <laughs> or scariness going on like I enjoy your films. Um, when I saw that you were in this, I was super happy. Um, as for the guy from The Walking Dead, um, I can't even remember his name right now, but he's uh, her husband. Oh, Michael Rooker, that guy. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, didn't really care for him too much. Um, his acting is always good to me. It's not like above and beyond, but it's, it's not like anything to write home about either. But I felt like these characters, those two characters, their dynamic throughout the entire like buildup of this movie was it was very enjoyable. I could watch it and not turn it off. Um, solid from both of them. And then you throw in Nathan Fillion, who I love in everything he does, and he just becomes probably my favorite character throughout most of this movie. Really? Yeah. Nice. I just really enjoyed that um, good, wholesome boy, um, Dudley Do-Right, you could maybe say. Because this, I, as far as I can tell, and I don't remember anything bad ever being said about him in this movie, he is basically your A-plus student, your star superintendent of the month. Like, you know, you have nothing bad to say about that guy, even it throughout his really childhood. Happen. Yeah. Yeah, I would, uh, I would agree. I did, I did like the acting from the, uh, from that guy. Like, I, I just, this is one of those movies, like, I don't, I don't mind spoiling, by the way. So, I... He, he gets hit by, like, this alien dart through his chest, and he starts sprouting out tentacles. And How sick trans- was that, though? That scene, when he... So, he's out having a little bit of a floozy because he's upset that his wife isn't giving it up that night. But was it his wife's sister, or was somebody... It was somebody related to someone that he had so been with. So, the small with. town? I don't know if you can get away from family. <laughs> like, I don't know. Is it is it incest? Was it a family affair type thing? I can't remember exactly, but... What strikes me as funny is he decides that he's going to turn and not actually go through with it, right? Yeah, yeah. He was a, he was good with it. He, he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't cheat on his wife. He's like, you know, Starla's going to... That's that's his wife, Starla. He's like, she's going to start missing me if I don't get home in time. And yep. he gets home and I don't... I empathize with him. Like, he, he turns into this friggin' monster. So many people die. There's no... There's no, really no happy ending whatsoever in this no, film i wouldn't i wouldn't uh, say you're happy now no but it's but it, would you would you i mean do you blame him for what he did like do you feel like by him going out and drinking that night and talking with the floozy do you really feel like 
he's I don't know like I that's where I'm like okay that's why this happened right cause effect you went out because you were pissed off you drank then you're caught in the woods with this chick you do the right thing and you don't cheat on your wife but he didn't kiss her he didn't touch her he didn't do anything wrong I would I would argue that like there's there's a separation of like he didn't go through with anything like that he was just hanging out with her he was just talking to her he was drunk he was having a good time he was trying to relieve himself because he was frustrated sure which sure people get frustrated people leave sometimes they have to you know vent sometimes they have to get over their their emotions some way and i feel like that was kind of him doing that i don't blame him for getting shot in the chest and getting taken over by an alien little little needle i guess my thing was uh i looked at it as he was sexually frustrated which is why he went out almost yeah he didn't go through with the act i get that he didn't kiss her whatever but he was definitely like tempted he was tempting himself and I think, like, that caused him to be in a bad place at a bad time. Sure. I don't judge him. Like, yeah, it's not his fault. He got hit by the damn alien and his mind got taken over. No, I don't. Not yeah. like that. I'm just saying, had he not been sexually frustrated, Elizabeth Banks, maybe he wouldn't have wound up in the woods and he wouldn't have been the one to get picked. But someone else would have. Are you saying the argument that you're making right here is to, when you get the chance to make love... And you know your person that you make love with is going to leave if you don't give it to them. Should you just go through with it? Is that what you're trying to say, or is it? Yeah. <laughs> keep keep yeah. him. Keep him home. Don't let him go out. <laughs> Otherwise, an alien's gonna infect you, take over your mind, and then the whole city's gonna get burned down. What was uh, what was her name? Was was that Marguerite or? You're talking about the gal? The gal he was with, yeah. She was some... By the way, main character's name, or his name... It's Margaret. Mark... Michael Rooker's uh, character's name is Grant. Grant. Yes, which they make fun of, actually, in the movie. Right. Um, I think Margaret, in the bar, gives him, like, says a joke about, you're the only guy I know who has two first names or something. You know, something like that, which I thought was kind of funny. Starla Grant. Anyhow, uh, guy gets infected. He, uh... The... I, I don't know when he stops being himself and when the, the alien starts. I think they kind of fuse as soon as that happens. If, if because he's the first. Right. Maybe he doesn't completely lose himself, right, and completely get taken over. Maybe it is a bit of a 50-50. I think it was a hive mind type situation. But Definitely a hive mind. But I meant for him personally, he seemed to have a lot of control over what he did and didn't do. Right. Like he was able to stop himself from... Um, slithering his wife in the shower right he he could have impregnated his wife with his magical tentacles like he did there was there is an alien this is the closest thing to uh japanese hentai you'll get with an american horror movie by the way uh he impregnates this uh this margaret girl after he he becomes this monster and uh during this process he's eating a lot of meat because he's Transforming, he's changing into a beef. tentacle monster beef. from Fallout. If you've played the Fallout games, you'll know what I'm talking about when I talk about the uh, centaurs. They're uh, very disgusting creatures. Anyhow, he, I really like the design, the monster design in this film. Yep, With, I think uh, I have a note that uh, I just really like a lot of the uh, mutant designs, uh, the gore effects. The, even the CGI was pretty clean. Like right. I didn't look at it and go, "God, that's so lame," or, you know, "Wow, I've seen that done twenty thousand times." No, like I, I feel like genuinely, like they did a really good job, genuinely, like uh, with all of it, with the gore and everything. Yeah. Did you notice the Toxic Avenger shout out on the TV? I didn't notice it. So there was a scene where Melvin's mopping 
mm-hmm. and then he throws the mop in the jacuzzi by accident. Oh. And the girls and the guy in the jacuzzi, they, when they yell at him. So that was on a TV at some point. I think maybe when he was at the bar or wherever it was. But I was like, hey, there's a little Toxie nod right there, which was pretty cool. A little Easter egg. Uh, just had to make note of that and get it out of the way before we get too far into this movie's review. Well, this is James Gunn when he was still kind of doing Whedon-esque things. That's why Nathan Philly and Elizabeth Banks, kind of like half comedian, half serious actors were in mm-hmm. the film, which was perfect, perfect positions perfect roles for everyone yeah and they have many i mean they've got a lot of films under their belt where they've done um all different types of genres right i think they're really well-rounded actor uh, actor and actress so i thought they were perfectly cast even michael rooker like he does a great job being like i said i didn't like him so much in the beginning didn't think the acting was too great or anything but once he had to become that zombie type parasite ridden thing like Whatever I thought he, he did amazing from then on especially all when he the... was getting the meat he was so excited meat oh yeah give me give me two, give me many, give me give me nine how many different stores make do you think he went make, to make it make, make it 14 he went to a lot yeah that was a lot when of he meat. opens the, tr- the truck bed it's different stores too yeah yeah you know he, I mean? went like, he went to a, a Chinese food place to go get some meat like clearly he was being kind of smart not trying to overly buy but not underly buy and then buy a bunch because he needed a bunch, but at different right. places. Like, very, very interesting there. His taxidermy, like, the basement's all locked up. He has, like, different animals. He has, like, a label for, like, raccoon, coyote. Yeah. He was going to town with all the different types of meats. Dude, when when Elizabeth Banks' character realizes that all those missing dog posters were there, I, I mean, there had to have been at least 50. That's, like, everyone's pet in that, in that town. You know what I mean? Right. And then when she pops that lock... So she breaks into the basement because she's like, okay, something's going down. He didn't show up. This all seems to be connected somehow. I'm not really sure I, I agree with how she connected the dots. Can't remember exactly what the hook was that got her to think. I think it was when Nathan Fillion shows up and goes, hey, you're, you know, Grant was seen with Margaret the other night and now Margaret's missing. Where's Grant? And she's like, I don't know. Haven't seen him. Then she goes and busts the lock. So, I mean, like. That was after he was all puffed up and everything. Yeah. When she saw him like that, he was like, it's just a bee sting. And that, yeah, that was a very interesting sequence of events. Especially when, like, Grant goes missing, they find him. Like, she calls the police and he starts making love with her. And he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you pregnant. Pulls out his, his chesticles and yeah. uh, his tentacles. And the police come in and they're like, ah, oh, stop. And he's got these weird, they're not fingers, like, tentacles growing on his hand at that point they all look like penises to me sure they more more like tongues to me like but weird i don't know like muscular like tongues kind of in a way, Let's put this way, way. Using it. they were gross as hell that's yeah. for sure i wouldn't want to be touched with one well it was at that point where people were like okay he's a monster and then they're they're on a, like they're looking for him they don't know what he looks like right and when they finally find him by the way shout out to the uh Who's the actress who plays Pam in The Office? She was also in this film as well, and I feel that her small role deserves a, uh, a, she did large, a great job, yeah. a large amount of respect. Uh, she, uh, I think this is her right here. No, nope. it's not her. Damn. Uh, she pretty much just uh, like he was. Uh, so Nathan Fillion, sure, was in, is in the car with a girl he likes, and she's like. Your mom called. She said the toilet's backed up something fierce after the last time you visited. He's like, uh, I'll call her back. 
And she just keeps going oh, on. Here you go. Yeah, Jenna, Jenna Fisher. Jenna Fisher yeah, yeah. plays Shelby. Yeah. yeah. Great, great, great work. Great work. Jenna yeah, I Fisher. thought her character was lovable. Yeah. Um, cute as always. Uh, I loved her in the office. She was adorable. Um, but yeah, I think she did a really good job here too. I also love how her character. Sorry, this is a this is one of those side notes that we have to take. I right. love how in the office because we're not going to get to talk about the office probably ever again on this That's show. Fine. But I love how her character grows from that sad, like, quiet little receptionist to this strong, powerful character in that show over the ten seasons or whatever it was. I, I'll take your word for it. I have not watched past the fifth season. Oh, man. I, yeah. My wife and I binge-watched it once on Netflix because we had to get it out of the way. I believe um, that. So, yeah. I love that little cameo that she did in there. Um Fun, fun information. Just saw this as we were going to look for Jenna Fisher there. Rob Zombie is actually the voice of Dr. Carl in this movie. Yeah. And cool. Lloyd Kaufman, who is mad, uh, you know, toxic Avenger. Um, he's the guy who does all the, what are they, uh, Trauma Studios? Lloyd yeah. Kaufman? He's the sad drunk in this movie. So he makes a cameo, which explains why James Gunn also probably had a toxic Avenger little snippet in there. Because Lloyd Kaufman's in it. All those guys work together. They always give each other props, and they make sure that they pay each other back for any help that they've done. James Gunn, I believe, worked with them quite a bit in his early years making movies. He did a lot with horror at the start, and uh, just uh, he's got his own style. It's he's, he's he, him and uh, Joss Whedon. They're very uh, very similar minded in the way they make these movies and the way they kind of kind of ham it up a little bit. So, so I think we're right about at the yeah. farm scene. Yeah, we're about there where they see this delicious tumor of a man with tentacles just slithering about. And this is where he he cuts police officers in half and they find where he kidnapped Margaret. Oh my god. So Margaret has gone from this uh, moderately attractive middle-aged woman to, I, w- I would say attractive middle-aged woman... Uh, to this stay puffed uh, more of a twinkie with a head you you remember Willy Wonka when yes. Violet turns violet she is bigger than Violet turning violet and stays pink <laughs> I mean she is stretched so big and blown up so big right. uh, I just don't know how she'd keep that same pigment but yeah, she's hungry she's so hungry she's still very hungry hungry and she's also still very herself She's very self-aware that she is that big and that she... Because she says, don't look at me. I, I know I'm huge, blah, blah, blah. But she's still very Margaret. She's so not like a... Pass her that pop, pop, uh, possum over there. She just wants a little she, bite. <laughs> she, uh... Anyhow, she starts moving and they're like, we're going to shoot you. And she's like, it hurts, bitch. And she explodes with all the little babies who then go out, start possessing, whatever you want to say start integrating with all the people in town and this is the halfway point of the film where uh, you probably one of the best ways to get an understanding of the the purpose of the alien is that along the way there's this the titular girl in the bathtub she one of these worms or parasites whatever you want to call them like uh, leeches she pulls it out of her mouth when it's trying to enter in, which is their preferred way for whatever reason, and she gets a glimpse into the mind of Grant, yes. who is also the parasite. So everyone who gets one of these 
essentially becomes a piece of him. Him is the main hive mind, and they kind of go in and they start merging with him, doing all this gross stuff, and he's gotten really big and gross, and Starla comes in, she's like, all right, Grant, I guess we're gonna make love. Okay, before that, back at the barn, real quick, because I don't want to miss yeah, this quote. It. So the old man that's with them, that's out with the hunting party, yeah, he yeah, looks yeah. at him and he goes, he looks like something that fell off my dick in the war. Yeah, I love that line. <laughs> that line made me laugh so hard when yeah, I was watching that. I down too. Glad you oh, said that. Oh my god. I didn't want to miss that line. But, back to the way the parasite goes. Yes, he, for some reason the parasites prefer to go through the mouth, not the anus. Right. Um... But the girl in the tub, so she's on the cover. This is the cover of this movie, and I remember that cover very, very much so. Uh, when I'm, you know, scrolling through Netflix or whatever, looking for movies, I've seen this cover a thousand times. Never wanted to watch the movie just because it kind of looked cheesy. This scene is maybe five minutes long, right. and it's the main cover of the movie. That's how, and to me, interesting the scene is. She gets a flash through. All of like the visions and the the history of this damn parasite from from space, because it goes all the way back to the planets that it's destroyed. Right. So she gets Grant's memories, then even further back, she gets all of the aliens' memories, and I have to say, like, it was really interesting to watch that. That was really cool. I love the way they did it. But back to your point. So Starla finally decides that she wants to bite the bullet. Well, she she prepares like you see her pick up like a glass a piece of glass like, okay, she's gonna stab him. And you have the the main showdown with uh-huh. Grant, Grant. Grant. Well, if we kill if we kill Grant, then maybe that'll kill every other leech because he, from what this girl says, he's the centerpiece. And watch this movie for yourself because there's a lot more that I'm glossing over. But uh, essentially, she goes in to stab him. Grant's like, "All right, you seduced me, but I'm mad now." So yeah. he flings her across the room. Nathan Fillion, Fillion comes in, poo poo poo. And then, my favorite thing is, he's next to a propane tank, and you get a little uh, alien dick coming out after him. Oh my god. jams it inside the propane tank, and so he starts puffing him in, and he's like, ah, oh, great. Starla yeah. shoots the gun, there's sparks everywhere, but it's the gun that makes him blow up. Mm-hmm. Not the sparks, Not the none sparks. of that. The gun, the bullet, ripping through his flesh, right. causes an explosion. Right. With all the sparks and everything. With all the sparks All the gas. He blows up. Starla and Nathan Fillion are okay. Everyone who was possessed by one of these uh, worms is dead. Everyone and everyone, they're, they're dead now. Yeah, completely. they all fall on the hill. They are not saved. Right. Uh, you do not get your happy-go-lucky postman back. He's a goner. All of them. Goners. No happy ending. Stella, uh, Stella or Starla and... Uh, Wally. And the girl. And the bathtub girl. Bill Party. And bathtub girl. These are your survivors. And they go on. Nathan Fillion throws out a couple jokes. and Why don't you tell her about how I saved you from that deer? Yes. Oh, yeah? He saved me from that deer. That was it. Like, <laughs> where, where's the fun story? They couldn't come up with anything. There's good. a monster deer, by the way. <laughs> it, was a, it was a fun scene. Also, the mayor... Uh, that's a fun side story. Kill yeah. me. Kill me. Oh, God. So, so it's not a... Ha- like we were saying earlier, it's not a happy ending. It's not really... It's not a sad, completely sad ending. 
But this town was obliterated by these parasites and everything. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'll give you my quick just feelings on the movie as a whole. So, right. all in all, I feel like it was a really good movie. Um, I got a very strong faculty, body snatchers feel. Uh, it's not something that's going to just come out and punch you in the mouth and be different. But at the same time, it definitely has this really good quality pieces to it. The acting was strong. The story was strong. It had a subtle bit of humor all throughout, which was a really nice touch. Um, and I would give this movie like a 7 out of 10. This is definitely something I could watch again um, many, many, many more times. So, yeah, definitely I, liked it. I agree with you. I give this movie a 7 out of 10. I, I, uh, I liked it a lot more the first time I watched it. Watching it again was was still fun. I mean, every every scene, there's no scene that's really that boring. Kind of felt like I got to know the characters a little bit more. So it's worth a rewatch or two. I I recommend it. Sweet. Yeah. So that being said, Curtis and I are both on the same page. Watch this movie if you haven't. We're gonna talk about one of the uh, worst uh, one of the worst Thanksgiving movies I've ever seen. I'll say that. Blood Freak. Now, uh, Curtis, what did you think about Blood Freak? I just, I don't know what to think. Um, we're spoiling this, yes? Yeah, just 100%. What do you think this movie is? I, uh, I think it is a 70s, uh, be careful, um, maybe trying to tell people to, like, watch out for doing the, for doing drugs, maybe? Even weed. Yeah, maybe. I don't, I just don't know, like... 70s was the 70s were such a hippie time still if i remember i mean i wasn't there but from what i remember seeing in film and entertainment whatever this is three years from 1969 when this came out yeah but when it was filmed it was early or late 60s it finally came out in the early 70s oh like i i did a little bit of digging just to find out what the hell this was right and basically brad grinter the director writer and steve hawks they couldn't get anyone to fund this thing um from what i read and it took a while for them to get anyone to say yeah let's do it and instead what they did was they pulled their their own funds together and just made the movie and and did it i think they filmed it in like the shortest time ever like hours or something i don't even remember everything i read but i know for a fact that this was purely funded on their own um you would call it indie these days but back then they everyone was a movie studio right um and i i think realistically i think it was a shot at trying to warn everyone the danger of doing drugs i would that's uh, what i got i felt like they, they kind of shoved in a lot of christianity too I, yeah. I didn't really get a lot of contacts with this film so apparently this biker picks up this uh this very jesus-centric lady he helps her takes her home to her parents and he's looking for work and he he's like listening to all this god and jesus advice and at the same time she's like yeah don't do drugs oh our sister is so preachy we're gonna do what we want where did where was home though because home was a drug infested party it was her parents are like <laughs> doing drugs everyone's doing stuff you see like the parents like snorting uh advising or nasal spray and crap and it's yep. like all right i get it this is what they're trying to do and uh later on the guy he takes he takes this experimental meat he finds some of the worst acting some of the worst cuts i've ever seen in my life they're just they're so bad it's it's great to watch you can well now you have a job i have a farm come on down oh. we'll make you some money yeah you're I talking about the farm scientist the the main guy in charge he he was the worst <laughs> actor. he's supposed to be the dad 
I don't I don't even know yeah. how the blending of characters really come together, but I think he is. Yeah, it and is. his assistants. Oh. Yeah, if you want some extra work, you could be a part of their study. And so guy eats meat with them, with them and he's smoking weed at the same time, which mm-hmm. is laced with other chemicals he doesn't know about. And that Addictive. is the message. They got him hooked. So he turns into a turkey. Some men, it only takes three times to get him hooked. Let's give it to him six times. Like, that drug dealer was also a bad actor. Let's just be honest here. Not any of this acting was really that good. I think the biker, the main character in this film, probably did the best job. I, he was the, uh, well, he, was, he had to be a, he was a hunk of a man, apparently. That's, it's, I think it's the writer. <laughs> Steve Hawks, yeah, hurtful. Well, that's, right? I'm fine with that. He wasn't he wasn't that bad looking. He just kind of... Yeah, Steve Hawks. It's the writer and one of the writers and one of the directors. They were a tag team, him and Brad. Yeah. If well, I remember right, Brad was the drug dealer, maybe? I don't know. This movie doesn't get a whole lot of credit, and there's not really a lot to look at here on the IMDb doesn't, page. It doesn't matter. The man wears a paper mache turkey mask and hey, sucks people's blood that out. That turkey mask was pretty cool for the 70s. <laughs> it was definitely paper mache with like some turkey... F- the way he talked, dude. This is like random dude, turkey noises. Remember in preschool someone. or kindergarten during uh, Thanksgiving week, you would have made like one of those Indian headdresses with the, the colored feathers that you would have cut uh, out yourself and made? Yeah. That's practically what was slapped on that thing. It was terrible. It was it was bad. It was definitely paper mache and with feathers stuck at the bottom. It was, yeah. But no. they get him hooked on the drugs. Get him hooked on the drugs. He eats the turkey. He eats the turkey. He turns into a turkey. Turns into a turkey with the human body. Normal human body, just this giant paper mache mask. The girl goes, I don't want to date you. So he starts slitting throats and I don't know what he Doesn't does. Doesn't she kind of want to save him too a little bit? You know like, what? Wasn't that the, I, that's why she was reaching out to those two guys and they're like, yeah, we'll see what we can do. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. There's so much of this movie that just was just kind of there. Yeah. And he's killing so many people. Was, and you don't get any answers. Yeah, it was just... I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Because you tell me this. Was it the laced drugs that turned him into a turkey? Or was it the chemical-filled turkeys that turned him into a or turkey? Or was it the combination of the or two? Or was it the combination? Spoiler alert, he doesn't really turn into a turkey. It was all a dream. It was all a goddamn dream. It was a, like the 45 minutes of the movie are just a complete waste of time. He has a very bizarre drug dream. And he learns that he should no longer smoke marijuana because he was given something that was laced. But let's be fair. He was already a struggling addict, they say. Yeah, and that he was the Bible-thumping girl. Yes, because of the war. The Bible-thumping girl was actually trying to uh, get him away from the drug house. But the sister ended up pulling him back into the one the that drugs. he was sexually attracted to. The one that to. he was sexually attracted to. See, I thought to. he was going to date the Jesus girl for oh, the first man, part. Oh, man, but that would have ended the movie, Clark. We wouldn't have had any premise. Well, can't have that. Okay, I think we need to do an episode of the show where we rewrite this entire movie yep. to make sense, cast it, and then we pitch it. We pitch it. We pitch it. All right, we want to remake Blood Freak, but instead of drugs, get this, it's turkey turkey turns him into a turkey yeah it's, it's a movie about not eating meat yeah it's yeah. it's i think the rave right now i think everyone's yeah. down i love the impossible whopper yeah, yeah it's true i went know. out of my way to go buy one the other day and i was like wow this is still a really good sandwich even though it's meatless we uh by the way curtis and i we did a taste test of the side by side of the whopper and the impossible whopper i did it keto he did it non standard <laughs> 
And uh, the consensus, I believe, was that the regular Whopper is still better tasting. Still better tasting. Still more filling. Burger King, give us money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hashtag, we love the king. Yeah, hashtag, um, we love the king. I, do you any? Do you have any other thoughts you want to talk about with this film? Because no, I, hell I no. didn't. I'm done with this film. It was so quick. I didn't really want to spend too much time on it. But if you want to watch something with your friends drinking, if you want to take a drink no. every time there's an awkward cut, if you want to take a drink Don't every ever. time a turkey cuts someone's throat and collects their blood, feel free to do it. I. I thought this movie was great to watch in terms of, like, this is the worst acting I've seen in a while. This is a bad cut. That's a bad cut. I I'm gonna love tell it. You, I'm going to tell you right now, don't ever invite me over to watch this movie with you. Never. I don't ever uh, want to watch this movie what? with you. You're going to say that, and I'll be like, all right, it's Thanksgiving, Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> I've already watched this once for you this month. You're going to have to wait at least six years. It was uh, Anyhow, this was definitely a great Thanksgiving episode. A man turning into a turkey. Other than that, uh, I have nothing else to say about it. So, Curtis, unless you have anything else? Just our regular. So, our regular outro. Yeah, so... Please, follow us. Like us. Subscribe to us. You can find us on two of our social medias, Instagram and Twitter. What's the handle? Two Guys Horror Pod. The number two, Guys Horror Pod. Horror. Um, we're trying to be a lot better. I'm trying to be a lot better. I know um, I'm taking a lot of things that Clark says and trying to put it out there on Twitter as well. Trying to just engage with you guys daily. Um, our impressions are pretty good. Like we're reaching a good chunk of people. So uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna continue to do this. Uh, we're gonna continue to do this, and we just hope that you guys like it um, and that you choose to come and hang out with us each and every week on your favorite podcast tools. Once again, guys, that is two guys, the number two horror pod, uh, both Twitter and Instagram. You can also find us on Anchor. If you head to anchor.fm and look for two guys and some horror, you can find us there and it'll tell you all the different ways you can listen to us. So we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and of course, iTunes Podcasts. So please feel free to check us out. Anything else, Clark? No, you're all beautiful. Thanks for everything. Peace out.